0: Is faithful you can stand assured today that God is faithful. He is faithful. This morning uh, we're going to be turning to once again we're going to be turned to Psalms chapter 139 last week after this I think before the before the message began uh, Ethan asked me he said, is this going to be a series I said, I don't know if it's going to be a series or not and so uh, this week I've been talk, talking to God praying about it. And I got a Holy Word said yes, it is a series, okay? And uh, so it's found here in Psalms chapter 139, verse number 23. Let me share this with you today. Here's here's what David prayed, okay? And once again, this would be a fabulous prayer for us uh, to talk to God about every single day in 2023, and even beyond that, when David said this, he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, no one would appreciate someone coming into their home and uh, doing a random search. I don't, I don't think we'd like that, would we? Uh, someone comes in there. And because here's the problem, maybe our home wouldn't be clean enough, okay? Uh, maybe there would be stuff in our in our house that if somebody came and they searched long enough that they would find something that would be a complete embarrassment to us because we wouldn't want someone else to know what was hidden in our in our house. But uh, some warning about the coming inspection would be helpful so we could clean things up and we could straighten things up enough and we could the place would be free of clutter and if there's something unacceptable in there that's hidden away we could get rid of it we just wouldn't appreciate a random search in fact the fourth amendment of the u.s constitution tells us this that the government does not have any authority to come and do a random search on your person or your property without some kind of a good reason to do that. We just don't enjoy searches. But sometimes, here's what happens. Outsiders come into our home. You say, outside? Yeah, guests come into our home, all right? Uh, Extended family members come into our home. Individual repairmen come into our home. Technicians come to our home. People from time to time come into our home, and they look around at everything that's going to be there. And if we know that the, that the uh, appliance repair person's coming, we're going to kind of straighten the place up before he gets there. We're going to, We're going to conceal some things. We're going to make sure that there's nothing laying around that maybe he'll steal. Because we are very conscious about the people that we let come in and search all the stuff that's in our house. We've all faced it when guests come into our home. We want everything to be nice and neat and, and organized. In fact, have you ever had this experience? You invite someone over to your house for dinner, okay? And then when the day arrives, you're rushing around like a crazy person, and you're thinking to yourself, why did we invite these people over in the first place? Because they're going to see all of our stuff, and it's a lot of work getting ready for Hey, hey, it's a lot of work getting ready for Christmas. Okay, <laughs> we always go to my my sister Linda's house for. I, I know it's a lot of work. Okay, and uh, we go to my youngest sister's house for Thanksgiving. You say, well, why don't you have them come to your house because our house is a circus. Okay, <laughs> and so, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. We we wanna we wanna make sure that everything is just right. But but here's the question: What if someone came to search our life? Is there stuff in our life? Is there clutter in our life? Is our life properly organized and properly structured? Are there things in our life? I want you to think about this. It's a rhetorical question. I want you to think about your life right now. And maybe there's some things in your life that you know is hidden away and that if someone else knew about it, it would be a complete embarrassment to you, because you you think that thing's hidden away, and you don't want anyone to find out and to search it out. Human here's what human nature says. The first point today: human nature says, search someone else. God, if you're going to search, search someone else. Don't start with me, because God, someone else is a, is is in worse shape than I'm in. And God, I don't want you to look at me. I don't want you to search me. Can you remember when going to the mall used to be a big thing? I think before COVID, going to the mall used to be a big thing. We, people would go hang out at the mall, okay? We'd go, and, and sometimes we would go to the mall, and, and, and when my wife, when Debbie would go into a store, I would sit out there, and I would just watch people. We got any people watchers here? We would watch people. We would check people out, okay? We would see what, what, what's going on in their life. I saw someone, I dropped Jeffrey off at the laundromat yesterday after we got done working at the church, and I saw a lady going to that laundromat wearing her pajamas. And Jeffrey said, I said, look, that lady's got her pajamas on. And Jeffrey said, they're coming here in their pajamas all the time. Because we're watching other people. I think, I think probably a more current trend would be watching the people of Walmart. Have you seen this on the Internet? Okay. Debbie, a couple of years ago, Debbie and I was down in Dallas, Fort Worth area. And so what do we do? The first thing we get to Dallas, we go there a couple times a year to business meetings. We get to Dallas, Fort Worth. You know what the first thing we do is? We go to Walmart because we might need something that Walmart's got, okay? It's like we couldn't have bought it at home, okay? So we go to Walmart, and I saw a guy in Walmart that was wearing a cowboy hat, a pink, that wasn't that unusual in Texas, okay? But here's where it gets unusual, okay? He's wearing a pink crop top belly shirt, okay? And he's wearing a pair of, Very short, cut-off, blue jeans, and he's a man, otherwise known as Daisy Dukes, and a pair of cowboy boots. And I wanted so bad to take a picture of the guy, okay? But when I'm walking in Walmart and I see him, I'm passing him by and say, oh, Lord, I'd love to take a picture of that. I don't even turn around to stare at him because I just... I don't want to make a spectacle, okay? We like to watch other people, okay? Human nature has this tendency to watch someone else. Human nature is, is, is quick to see what maybe everyone else is doing that's wrong and unacceptable and not looking at ourselves human nature says someone else has got private sins someone else has got hidden sins in, in in their life but god don't worry with worry about me god don't search me because everything is okay in my life god look at them but david said this he said oh god search me god search me because we, and so many times we look at other te- other folks and we say they're the ones that need the correction in their life I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm not as bad as my co-worker. I'm, I'm not as bad as that hypocrite in church, okay? God, look at them. Human nature says this, God, search for someone else. But David invited God to search his life. He, didn't, he, he said, oh, God, search me. David didn't say, God, start with sister so-and-so or with brother What's happening? David said, God, start with me. Because David knew that God was on a constant search. And David said, God, when you start examining people, start by examining my life. I know that human nature says God, search someone else. But David said this. He said, God, search for me. Now, point number two. Some people have got the audacity to ask God to search them. Okay? Say, what kind of a person would that be? It's going to be either a very arrogant person, it's going to be an innocent person, or finally it'll be a repentant person. Okay, let's, talk, let's look at the arrogant person first, all right? An arrogant person challenges God to search him. The arrogant person or the Pharisee says, God, I know that I am perfect, and God, I dare you to search my life. Find something wrong in my life because God, I am literally living by the rule book and I'm sleeping with the rule book underneath my pillow. And God, I know exactly what you said. And God, you can go in and search me, but I know you'll never find anything wrong in my life because God, I've got the rule book memorized. Memorized. The arrogant person knows when someone else is breaking the rule. Knows when someone else is bending the rules. Why? Because he or she is a legend in their own mind. They're a spiritual legend in their own mind. They say, I don't need any any room for improvement, but he does. But she does. And they say, God, you can search me. You won't find anything. In fact, God... I am so perfect, you could probably use me for the role model for all of mankind. An arrogant person would say, God, search me. In John chapter 2, verse 23, listen to this. And because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust in them because they knew all about people. And no one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. When Jesus began his public ministry, it began when he was at the wedding feast. Remember in Cana of Galilee and his mother came to him and said, Hey, listen, they ran out of wine. And he told his mother, he said, Don't bother me right now. He said, It's not the time. He said, Listen, son. They're going to bring you some pots. I want you to turn the water into wine. And that's when he began his public ministry by turning the water into wine. And after that, he went around doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And also, more importantly, he went around teaching the word of God. He went around expounding the truth because he is the living word. He went about sharing the truth. But know this, that that according to this scripture in in John chapter 2, the people were not impressed Because Jesus taught the truth. They were not impressed because Jesus taught the word of God. They were impressed by the miracles. You know why they didn't like the truth? Because the word of God pointed out their sin. The word of God pointed out their flaws. The word of God searched their hearts, and they did not want to hear God, or they did not want to hear Jesus preach and expound the word of God. Rather, they wanted to see the miracles. My friend, we need the word of God to reveal our true nature. We need for the word of God to reveal what is happening in our life, what needs to be changed, what needs to be fixed. But the religious people were constantly asking Jesus, perform a miracle. Prove your deity. Prove your authority, not by teaching the word, but prove your deity by performing another miracle. You see, here's the here's the problem with arrogant people. They don't think they need Jesus. They got all of, they got all the word of God that they need in their rule book, in their do's and in their don'ts. And they say, we really don't need that truth. But what we'd like to see is we'd like to see some kind of a miracle. We would like to see something that that just overwhelms us. We want to see a miracle. But here was Jesus. He didn't trust their arrogant, self-centered faith. In fact, in Luke chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, he said, "'You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. And what this world honors is detestable in the sight of God.'" Arrogant people might have the audacity to ask God to search their life, but arrogant people will never have a proper relationship and a proper walk with God. Why? Because they don't say with, with, with a humble spirit, God, search me. God, search my life. I wonder today what kind of a person would say, oh, God, search my life. And we know an arrogant person might I believe an innocent person might say, "God, search my life," and they might invite God to examine them because they know that God sees all and God knows all. And, and according to Romans, or excuse me, Proverbs chapter 15 verse 3, the Lord is watching everywhere. He's keeping his eyes on both the evil and the good. You see, that innocent person understands that nothing is hidden from God. The innocent person has been guilty in the past, but thank God they've turned from their past sins and they know that those things are are, are forgiven and they say, God, you can search me because I know that I am innocent. At one time I was guilty, but God, I know that this time I'm innocent. What kind of a person would invite God to search them? What kind of a person? Some people have the audacity to ask God to search their life. And I believe that David, the last thing I want to talk to you about is this. We've got to get the kind of heart and spirit that David had because it was a repentant heart. It was a repentant mind. And David said with humility, he pleaded with God to search him, to search his life. He was, this was the same guy. He said, God, search my heart. This was the same guy who had an affair with a married lady okay and then through the affair she became pregnant and then David is trying to hide the sin and conceal the sin because her husband is off on the battlefield so he tries to he tries to rectify it himself he, he gets a plan he's going to bring her husband back so that so that they can come together and sleep together and maybe it'll look like her husband uh she became pregnant by her husband but that just doesn't work and so finally here's what David does to conceal the sin, he has her husband killed by sending him to the battlefront, okay? Now, this is the guy that said, God, search my heart, okay? David knew this. He knew at one time he was not an innocent man. But uh, God, God began to begin to shake things up in, in, in David's life. And uh, he thought the sin was hidden away, neatly away. He thought that no one else would know about it. But I want you to understand this, that private sin will become public failure. And my friend, let's not have hidden sin in our life. Because if we do, when it comes to public knowledge, it'll be a tremendous embarrassment to you. It can be a tremendous embarrassment to your family. All right? But we need to get those things out. And David thought the sin was neatly hidden away but god revealed it to nathan the prophet and in second samuel chapter 12 here's what happened verse 1 so the lord sent nathan the prophet to tell david this story he said there were two men in a, in a certain town one was rich one was poor the rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle the poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought he raised that little lamb. It grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He, he cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. But one day, a guest arrives, arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock and his herd, he took the poor man's lab, lamb, he killed it, and prepared it for the gifts. And David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for, and for having no pity. But Nathan said to David, you are the man. The Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and you and saved you from the power of Saul. God knows all things. God sees all things. And so here's what David did. Through that, he repented of his sins. He became aware of the the fact that God is omniscient. You say, what's that mean? God is all-knowing, okay? He sees everything. God knows everything. There's nothing that's hidden from God. God knows everything that is happening. God knows everything that we're doing all of the time. God sees it. And God, David got to the point where he, had be, he developed a repentive heart, and that's what you and I need to do. A repentive heart is a humble heart. The failure, failure is a horrible thing. But if you will allow it, failure will, will either make you bitter or make you better, okay? And, and his failure did not make him bitter, but his failure called, caused him to draw closer to God than he'd ever been before. And he got to this place in his life where repentance was his lifestyle. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm already forgiven of all my sins. Why do I need to ask forgiveness? Why do I-? Listen, develop a repentive heart. Get rid of the arrogance, okay? And David got to that point where he said, oh, God, search me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. We've got to get to that point in our life where we say, God, you see everything. God, you know everything. Because I want your forgiveness. God, David knew this, that his forgiveness rested upon the mercy and the grace of God. And David prayed, God, search me. It's easy to search for the flaws in other people. But I'm not responsible for other people. I'm not responsible, now listen, I'm your pastor, okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak the word of God, even if it offends someone, I don't come to, I don't come to preach with an agenda where I'm going to come up here and say, well, listen, I saw so-and-so doing something, so I'm going to preach a sermon against that. I don't do that, okay? I've gotten phone calls on Sunday afternoon, I got chewed out before, okay, by people who said, you've been talking to my husband or wife. No, I have not been talking to your husband or wife. Then why did you preach on what's going on in my life? Didn't know anything about it. That was all from God. That was all from the Holy Spirit, all right? God knows all. God sees all. And we've got to get past the arrogance today. We've got to get past this, this, the pride in our life and get to that point of that repentive heart and that repentive lifestyle, that humbled spirit before God, where we say, God, search me. I'm responsible for me. When I stand before God, I will give an account of me. My salvation depends upon my choice to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. So God, search me. David realized that he needed God to change his life. He needed it. That was his own choice. And so he was continually asking God to examine his life. He was continually asking God to reveal problem areas in his life. And so let's seek after God each and every day, each and every, every moment. Say, God, you know all things. God, I'm going to be honest with you. God, I'm going to humble myself before you every single day. I'm, I'm going to close. I'm going to close with this today. David said, oh, God, search me. What kind of a person would have the audacity to say, God, search me? It could be an arrogant Pharisee who thinks they, they don't even need God. They don't even need the Word of God. It, it could be someone who feels like they're innocent. Maybe they've, maybe they've known in the past that they, they were guilty, but now they, they're innocent, and they say, you can search me now. I've got everything cleaned up. I've got everything straightened out. What kind of a person would have the audacity to say, God, search me? A man like David who had a repentive heart. Human nature wants God to search for everyone else. Human nature says, God, look at everyone else. God, everyone else. Other people have got sin. Other people are doing this. Other people are doing that. And, and we've kind of got to the point where we measure our our. Our walk and relationship with God by what everyone everyone else is doing. We got to get past that point, folks. Okay, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with us. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, not taking our cues from what everyone else is doing. And I've got a lot of people today that say, "Well, every, other people's doing this, other churches are doing this, other pastors say this is okay." Okay, you got to say, "What's the Holy Spirit speaking into your heart?" How is the Holy Spirit convicting you? How is God dealing with you? Because one of these days, we will stand before God and give an account. I want to develop a repentive heart where if I've got hidden sin, the Holy Spirit deals on me about that hidden sin, and I repent of it. I want to get to the point in my life that if I have committed an unintentional sin, Okay, I want the Holy Spirit to reveal an unintentional sin to me so I can repent of that sin. I can ask forgiveness of that unintentional sin. I can ask God to forgive me of it. I can make it right. I can stop doing that thing, and I can get it out of my life. I want to get to the point where I've got such a repentive heart that if I've got some sin in my life, that could be a stumbling block to someone else. And this is a key, okay? Maybe there's something in my life that I'm doing that could be a stumbling block to someone else. I say, Holy Spirit, deal with me about it. Holy Spirit, check me about it. Because I don't want to do anything that's going to be detrimental or destructive to some other younger believer. Say, well, he's doing it. Why can't I do it? He thinks it's good. Why can't I? Why can't I? I want to get to that point where I've got a repentant spirit. I want to get to the point when I read God's word, and this is the reason that I'm constantly encouraging you to read the Bible. Get into it and read it. Get it out every single day. I don't care if all you do is read 10 Bible verses. Read 10 verses. And think upon it and dwell upon it and get the word of God in your heart and mind. Because if you'll get the word of God in your heart and mind, the Holy Spirit will begin to to stir that word up and God will begin to deal with us about our lifestyle. He'll begin to deal with us about hidden sins. He'll begin to deal with us about unintentional sins. He'll begin to deal with us about stumbling blocks that we might be placing in other people's pathway. That word will change the course of our life. It'll change the course of your life. And that's the reason that I want you to become a student of the word. Don't just get to the point and say, well, this is the reason we believe what we do is because that's what our pastor said. You've got to know exactly what you believe in. You've got to know exactly what you stand upon today. And so I encourage you today, develop that repentive heart. It is the will of God. Human nature says this, God, search someone else. Some arrogant people say, God, search me. But I want to be like David where I say with, with humility, God, search my life. Search me, God. Search me, God. Next week I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about this. But let's close. We're going to to close the online portion with this prayer, and then we're going to have a time of prayer and praise today. Would you stand with me today? Would you stand today in this place? Let's, Let's join our hearts together in prayer right now. Dear God, right now, we thank you, God, that you love us so much, and the Holy Spirit is always looking. The Holy Spirit is always searching. The Holy Spirit is always watching. And I pray, dear God, that we will let go of preconceived ideas where we're asking you to search for someone else, but God, I need for you to search me. God, I need the Holy Spirit to deal with me. I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me about my lifestyle, about my attitudes, about my habits. Deal with me, God. Lead me in the way that I should go. Lead me in the way that I should walk. God, because other people are dependent upon me. My family is watching me. My wife is watching me. My children and my grandchildren are watching me. Other people, God, I pray, Lord, that I will get rid of the hidden junk, the garbage, the clutter in my life. I'll get rid of stuff that would be an embarrassment, that if people knew about it, and I'll have that repentive heart and that repentive mind and spirit. And I say, like David, God, search me. Search my life. Look at me. Examine me. Help me in these things right now. Help me, God, I pray. I need you, Lord. I need you, God. Let let your word be a microscope in my life, set on fire by the Holy Spirit right now in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you today. Hey, this this worship team is going to play.